So it's an all-age service today. Uh, we have that on the first Sunday of every month. So if uh, the children would like to come to the front, of course, this is, a, is an all-age talk. It's not just uh, not just a children's talk. It's for um, it's for all of us. Um, hopefully, accessible to everyone. But you know what? It's amazing that our theme today is a great light. Because what happened last weekend? Do you remember, Anna? We had the Carnival of Light, so it fits in really well. I actually didn't plan it, but it, it works well. And today, we're going to see why uh, light and darkness is such an important theme for the prophet Isaiah. But first of all, who's got a cat? Adults as well. Put your hand up if you've got a cat. Oh, wow, a lot of cats. Okay. Did you know that your cat can see six to eight times better than you at night? Uh, on the screen, you can see the difference between uh, your night vision and a cat's night vision. So uh, the top one is what you would see at night, and the bottom one is what a cat would see at night. You see how much clearer it is, can't you? But did you know that humans have night vision as well? Have you ever had a, a walk at night where you didn't have a torch and you noticed that your eyes started to adjust and gradually you could see a bit more. Have you, you've, you ever done that? You ever, your eyes ever adjusted to the dark? Or do you ever play those games at home where you turn out all the lights and you've got to find each other and gradually you can start to see a little bit more, can't you? Um, so if you're out at night and you don't look at any white light, you see these white lights, any white light for 20 minutes, then you get your full night vision. It's actually surprising how much you can see in the dark. Uh, because when we're out at night, there's usually a, a lot of what's called ambient light. So the light of the uh, stars and the moon or the, the glow of a distant city, all these things give off, off light. It's very rare that we're in total darkness. Now, a few years ago, I went to uh, New Zealand with the family, and uh, we found uh, this underground river. So you went, you went into this cave, uh, and you could follow the river all the way up, and you could pop out on the other side of the hill. Uh, but it was quite a long way, probably about 500 meters, and I did it uh, with each of my children individually. And when we got to the middle of the cave, we turned our head torches off. And you literally, it was total pitch darkness. You couldn't even see your hand if it was right there in front of your face. Um, so there's dark and there's really dark. And I'm going to demonstrate this. So shut your eyes. Everyone, shut your eyes. Shut your eyes. That's dark. Okay. Now put your hand, keep your eyes shut. Keep your eyes shut. Now put your hand over your eyes. Okay. Do you see the difference? Take your hand off. Put your hand back over. You see, there's dark and there's really dark. And, uh, you know, I don't know if any of you have ever been afraid of the dark. There's been times in my life when I've been afraid of the dark. And often, um, you know, when it's really dark, we just want to get into the light, don't we? we? Just want to have the light on. And when things are really, really bad, when there's a, a, a really terrible situation, often we say that it was a, a dark time. And the prophet Isaiah um, describes a very dark time in Israel's history. Their country had been overrun by the Babylonians, who had a huge army and horses and chariots and weapons. 
The temple, which was the most sacred, special building where the people met with God, that was destroyed. The people were, were like tied up and carted off into captivity. They weren't free anymore. The situation could not have been worse. It was dark. And Isaiah specifically mentions Zebulun and Naphtali. So very funny names, but these are the first two tribes of Israel that were captured by the Assyrians. And the Assyrians came before the Babylonians. Now, the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, they had their home in a place called Galilee. Can you think of anyone from the Bible who spent a lot of time in Galilee? Isaac? Jesus, yeah, we even know that he walked on the Sea of Galilee. And that's going to be important later. And Isaiah said that God humbled the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali. He, he brought them low because of the evil things they were doing. But he also says uh, that in the future, God will honor Galilee of the nations. In other words, God was going to do something amazing in this region of Galilee. Now, I want you to help me out, guys. Later on in the sermon, I'm going to say the words Zebulun and Naphtali again. It will come at the point where we hear about Isaiah's prophecies being fulfilled. So it's really exciting. So at that point, I want you to cheer, not just you, but everyone. Do you think you can manage that? I just want to check that you can do this. And, and Okay, so after three, we're going to give a cheer and see if that works. Okay, one, two, three. Yay! Okay, good. That will do. So, uh, remember, Zebulun and Naphtali, we just cheer. So um, the next thing Isaiah said was this. He said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. In other words, God is saying, he's saying to his people, it's dark now, it's scary, it's horrible, but the light is coming. Things are going to get better. Things are going to get much, much better. Now, if you've uh, ever been afraid of the dark, it's such a relief when someone comes and puts a little side light in your room, isn't it? And even for adults, uh, adults who work outside at night doing difficult jobs, um, they know how lovely it is when the sun comes up. You know, if you're out at night in the cold and the wet and the rain and it's dark and the sun comes up, it just fills you with joy. It's just such a lovely experience. And Isaiah says to the people, you're going to experience joy like never before. What gives you the most joy? For me, it would be spending time with family, um, seeing people's lives changed and transformed by the power of God. That's so exciting. And... Uh, travel and adventure. Those are the things that, that give me great joy. What gives you joy? What do you love most in life? Tell me. What do you love most in life? Cassie. Playing music. Playing music. You love music and you love dancing as well, don't you? Yep. Anna? My cat Your cat? Is your cat, sorry? My cat licking me. Your cat licking you. Because then you know that your cat's been really affectionate and you've got a good friend in your cat. So, fantastic. Yeah, we get a lot of, a lot of joy from animals. Animals are beautiful. Uh, what else? What gives you the most joy, Travis? Playing games? Playing sport as well? Like sort of, yeah, okay. Anyone else? What gives you joy? 
Well, there's all, all sorts of things that give us it. What about, I mean, it's a little bit further away. What about Christmas? Do you think that's a joyful, that's pretty joyful, isn't it? That gives us, I think we all get a lot of joy from that. So imagine the most joyful moment of your whole lives. Okay, just think, the, and adults as well, think of the most joyful moment of your whole life. And God promises us a joy even greater than that. And it's not going to be a, a once in a while kind of joy. It'll be an always and forever joy. Isaiah compares it to the joy of the harvest. In the olden days, you couldn't just go to the supermarket and buy your food. You had to grow it. And if there was a good harvest, there'd be great rejoicing because everyone would have enough food for the winter. And he talks about the joy of warriors or soldiers who have fought a long, tough battle. It's been dangerous and exhausting, but it's over. And they've won, and they're, uh, and they, so they rejoice. So that's another example that Isaiah uses of the kind of joy that we'll experience when this light comes into the world. Now remember, God's people were captive in Babylon. They weren't free to go where they wanted. Uh, they couldn't do what they wanted to do. And Isaiah said, it's like a heavy yoke across their necks. Is like a heavy yoke on their neck. Not the, not the thing you find in the middle of an egg. A yoke is a wooden bar that goes across the shoulders. Now, in the olden days, farmers used yokes. Some very excited. Uh, I know what, uh, I know what gives George the most joy is, uh, running, running up and down in church. It gives him a huge amount of joy. And God says we'll have even more joy than little George. Children are a great example, you know, because you see that George is thoroughly enjoying himself. He's, he's actually shouting with joy, which is a wonderful thing. Adults, we're a bit boring. It's very rare that we shout with joy. It's actually a beautiful, lovely thing. And uh, it's something that, you know, it gives us an idea of just how joyful it will be when uh, when we meet with, with Jesus. But anyway, back to this yoke, okay, this wooden bar that goes across the neck. In the olden days, farmers used it to control their oxen. And, uh, and in fact, in some parts of the world, they still do. And I've got a yoke here. This is a yoke that a person would wear. Um, Andy very kindly lent me this. It's been in his family for over 200 years. And this would have been worn across the neck to carry uh, buckets of water or maybe milk churns, something like that. Would anyone like to try this on? Can I have a volunteer? Okay. Adam, why don't you come and try this on? Okay. So if you turn and face them. Okay, so if I put this across your shoulders, now it hasn't got anything on it. I'm not going to press too hard, but imagine if, does that feel quite heavy? Not really. Does that feel quite heavy? <laughs> a bit. A bit? Okay, so you imagine that, but even a lot heavier. I don't want to push down too hard, but imagine that, 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 but a lot heavier, really heavy. Imagine a really heavy weight being carried on this yoke. Uh, so Isaiah is saying um, that... The, 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 the experience that the Israelites are having is like this heavy burden that they're carrying. It symbolizes a load that they just can't carry. It's too much for them. And Isaiah said that that yoke across the shoulder would be broken. In other words, they won't have to carry that weight anymore. So we're not in captivity, uh, but sometimes in life we carry really heavy burdens really difficult situations 
uh, that we have to deal with. And sometimes those situations can go on for quite a long time. It can be tough. And Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Ultimately, Jesus promises to relieve us of all our burdens. Isaiah also said that the things that have to do with war will be burned up. They won't be needed anymore because there'll be no more war. Now, at the moment, there's a war going on in Israel and Gaza, in the very place uh, where Jesus uh, lived and traveled. Um, I expect he passed through Gaza when he was on his way to Egypt uh, as a baby with his parents and then back again. And in that part of the world, there's a war happening right now. It's very sad. And the, the people of Israel, the people of Palestine, they desperately need to hear and understand this wonderful message of hope. So God's people were in darkness, but a light is coming. How would it come? When would it come? Well, verses 6 and 7, we often use at Christmas because they perfectly describe Jesus and his kingdom. Bear in mind that these words were written about 700 years before Jesus even came into the world. I'll read them again. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. In other words, his kingdom will go on forever. He will reign on David's throne. He'll be a descendant of David. He'll come down from David and over his kingdom and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So Isaiah's describing a king that will rule forever. He's describing Jesus. He says, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Of course, this is all about Jesus. In Matthew 4, 13 to 14, it even says this. Get ready. Leaving Nazareth. Jesus, this is a fulfillment of the prophecy. Leaving Nazareth, Jesus went and lived in Capernaum, which was in, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. Okay. So that's, so we see Isaiah's prophecy fulfilled and it goes on to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Jesus was and is God. He's the perfect person. He's the perfect ruler, the perfect king. His kingdom has been established. It's begun. It's here now. We can experience the peace that Jesus offers now if we put our hope and our trust in him. Jesus is the light of the world, and he's here present with us now. But it's a case of now and not yet. Now and not yet. Jesus' kingdom is here, but it's not yet fully here. Jesus brings peace to our lives, but the world is not yet at peace. We experience tremendous joy, but our joy is not yet complete. Jesus helps us to carry our burdens, but we are not yet without burdens. Jesus is the light of the world, but the world is not yet without darkness. 
But just as Isaiah said that the light would come into the world, Jesus would come into the world, and he came, so the Bible tells us that Jesus will return to make all things new. Jesus will make this world perfect. And that is the most exciting and hopeful and wonderful news that anybody could ever hear. Should we pray? Heavenly Father, when we read the book of the prophet Isaiah, it's just amazing how all these prophecies so clearly point forward to Jesus. And just as Jesus came into the world, your light has dawned. We know that Jesus will also return. Uh, We look forward to that with hope and anticipation. And we pray that we can be people that will reveal this truth to others, that you have come into the world and that you are going to return. And we pray, Lord, that we'll be effective in our witness to others of this wonderful truth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay.